Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber. And joining me is the man rumored to be the original fifth Beatle, Dwaylon Davis. How you doing, Dwaylon? Hey, everybody. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said, he's the original fifth Beatle because today's topic is going to be all about the connection between wrestling and music. Not just necessarily rock music, but just music in general because... uh, for those who don't know, Dwayne and I are both big music lovers and not just any mm-hmm. one particular genre. And I will say this, especially Dwayne, if you see his music collection, you just have to look and go, I can't tell like which is your favorite because it's it's just spread out amongst everything. Yeah. It really is. It's There's a little bit of everything yeah. from, from like speed metal to bluegrass and everything in between. There's stuff i mean if i like it i like it yeah exactly and and really that's how it should be we shouldn't be music snobs you know and i admit back in high school i could be like that a little bit because in high school you know you're like well i like metal and that's it i like rap and that's it i like country and that's it i like pop music and that well okay some people when they are don't say (laughs) so like that (laughs) they they like pop in other words go ahead if you remember in high school I was I was the weird black kid that liked metal. Yeah, yeah. There, and there, there weren't many. No, there weren't many of us. There weren't many of us, you know, black people that liked metal in high school. But and it's like I did get picked on a little bit for that. But now everybody thinks that it's amazing that I know all this different type, these different types <laughs> of music because I've never let myself get pigeonholed to. Oh well, I only like this particular right. style of music and it's like no i've liked everything and honestly the older i get the more i like country because the more i can relate to a lot of what they're saying mm-hmm. and with country music me also being a musician you know playing uh bass and also playing guitar a lot of the country musicians and the bluegrass musicians are great yeah i mean they're yeah. absolutely fantastic musicians you know so yeah, so that, that will be today's topic, and there may be other reasons involved, too, kind of like what I did a few nights ago, but I'll mention that, and I'll actually let the world know kind of my, uh, I guess, my review of uh, how the night went the other night, but before we get into that, I want to go ahead and give our contact and listening info. If you would like to get a hold of us, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. It, if you want to get us on Facebook, you find us at facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast. You find us on Instagram at armchair booking podcast. You find us on Twitter at booking armchair. And we are on YouTube. Hopefully soon I'll, I'll master getting the audio files loaded up on there. But for those listening to audio on any other platforms, you can find us on just about any, just Google our name and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, uh, Podbay, uh, just all sorts of them. I mean, we are, yeah, we are out there. We're, yeah. we're literally everywhere at this point. Yep, and we are hosted by Block Talk Radio. Always got to give them a shout out. And I also want to absolutely. Give a yep. I also want to give a shout out to Sid Holland, our interview from two days ago. Uh, that was absolutely fantastic. And uh, and give another shout out to Big Country. You know that that's his wrestling nickname. Uh, but for those, it's actually Matt Stockdale is his real name. He was the one who recommended we interview. Sid Holland and the interview went fantastic, just like Matt's went fantastic. So, dude, we've lucked out with the people we've been interviewing. They've all been great. We really have. Yep. So, yeah. um, and we will have to have both the guys back on the show again at some point. I do apologize for those listening, going, wondering why the interview was so short uh, this uh, past Tuesday compared to how long it normally is. That's due to my own software me not realizing that apparently i was on a trial version and it would allow me to go past 40 minutes for a meeting session of course before the meetings start we have to get everything make sure we can hear each other make sure the connections are going and then after it's over we always have talked just to let them know where it's leaking all of a sudden i was getting a notification saying hey your interviews your meeting session is going to end here in about two minutes and so i had to abruptly and did and i and i did apologize to sid about that and he was 
uh, he was actually fine. I mean, he, he understood and uh, he, he would love to come on the show again sometime because he also had a good time. Oh yeah, it was great. I, I'd love to have him back on the show again. Yep. He can tell us all you know, more about the Midwest mercenaries, you know, cool, yep. just super stand up guy. And, and he and Matt stocked up both are like that. And so, yeah, dude, we have gotten very fortunate with the interviews. So, and Another one of the reasons why we, well, we've had actually been talking about doing a show about music for a long time. And like we've also stated that if anything really big and newsworthy happens, that's kind of a fresh item that we feel needs to be addressed, we will steer towards that instead. Right. You know, so now, although there are some news items and we can go over those, but they're, I don't think there's anything really nothing that would actually have us going on to a completely different tangent. We can talk more about some of the, uh, the backlash now from the dark side of the ring episode about the plane ride from hell. And that is Rick flares and put out his own statements and he and RVD are in a, a Twitter flame war right now. Yeah. Smartly for Tommy dreamer, he's gone silent. So yeah, I don't blame him. That's probably the best thing. That's probably the best thing for him at the moment. Yeah. And besides that, uh, I missed Monday Night Raw. I haven't even watched the video of it, uh, partly because the past two days, and today included, I've worked 13 hours both days. And, of course, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, I actually did give a heads up. It's like, hey, just let y'all know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so I haven't really even had a chance to sit down and watch any of those videos. But this past Monday night, I couldn't watch Raw, where apparently 50, Dave Meltzer is saying 1,500 people got up and walked out during the last hour. And other people are saying, no, that's not, yeah, that's not, I don't know where he's getting his information. Yeah. Um, and then other people say, well, no, about seven. I've seen people are actually saying that's, that's probably been the best Raw all year. Okay, so now I'm going to have to go watch it. I got a DVR yeah. just sitting there waiting had, for me. Well, because they had not only did they have the New Day versus the Bloodline, then they ended up having the triple threat match later with Big E, Roman, and Bobby Lashley. Oh, yeah. And I'm, yeah, and I missed it, but I will say I had a good excuse because I was yep. at the Metal Tour of the Year show with Megadeth, Lamb of God, Trivium, and Hatebreed. And I took my 10-year-old son with me, and we had an absolute blast. He, he liked it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I will have to send you. Uh, we have, there's a video I took of him, about 10 seconds of him, you know, headbanging. You know? Um, yeah. You know, he, when Hatebreed, they were the ones who opened up. And they're kind of a metalcore, um, somewhat punk somewhat you know of course you got you know, the metal in there a lot of energy uh they have a lot of good breakdowns and yeah, some grooves i've heard them before they're pretty good yeah oh yeah um and then of course trivium they're kind of they're metalcore i mean and this is my take they're metalcore but they also have a lot more melody thrown in there as well they've they've got okay. some songs yeah they've got some songs they've been playing on the radio right now um lamb of god stole the show i mean and i've been telling everybody this i mean basically that show ended up being the lamb of god show with closing act megadeth oh really yeah um and that's not to say that megadeth didn't do good because we I mean, megadeth they've been around so long they can't help but do good you know um and so they put on a fantastic part of their show now granted their 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 set was actually kind of short and it was it was almost like it seemed like it just ended abruptly because all of a sudden they played their last song, which, which is uh, "Holy Wars." I'm like, that's their closing song. Because I've been yeah. actually looking at the set list, you know, like why are they all of a sudden playing out? Like you now I'm thinking, how many songs do they play? And there's websites you can go on where you can actually look at and find the set list, you know, from every oh, concert. Like and yeah, they only played ten songs. Oh and, wow! Yeah, Lamb of God played twelve. Trivium played nine. And Hatebreed played also. Hatebreed also played twelve, but their songs are only like two and a half, three minutes long, you know. And they only had a thirty-minute set. 
<laughs> so I mean, they were just blasting through theirs. But I mean, they, but all of them did good. It was just, um, yeah, Lamb of God show. And I can, I can show you because I actually got the opening songs from both bands, and you can even tell oh, that. Yeah, you, there, there's. I can't send the videos, unfortunately. I'll probably have to post them on YouTube and send you a link because it, it's just it's too big of a file to send. Right. Uh, yeah, because I tried. <laughs> um, but you can see the difference just in their opening songs. So okay. Um, so basically, this was like WrestleMania three. Andre that okay. and Hogan may have been, they may have been the main event. However, Steamboat Savage were the ones. Oh, that stole the yeah. Song. But I will say, Megadeth though actually do have a connection to the wrestling world because. Uh, my friend, do you remember when Megadeth came on WCW Nitro? Yes, because uh, actually, and uh, actually, Sting ended up using "Seek and Destroy" as his theme song for a little while. Really? Even though that's Metallica. Yeah. Oh, um, was it? I it was yeah. Megadeth. No, "Seek and Destroy" is Metallica. Now, Dave Mustaine may have wrote it. He may have helped write it because that was on the Kill 'Em All yeah, album. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when they came on and they, the song they played on Nitro was um, Crush Em. And it was off what they consider the album they probably hate the most, <laughs> you know, which was Risk. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dave Mustaine, actually, he's not a fan of that song. But, I mean, I think it's a catchy song, but it sounded too much like um, Loverboy. You know, turn me loose, turn, you know. Yeah. And, but the musical connection with wrestling as far as i can tell it actually goes back um at least into the 70s maybe even to the 60s you know because if yeah. you think i mean now i don't know who the who the official first act was to use entrance music it might have been gorgeous george because he seemed to be the person who innovated a lot of things i do know that uh, gorgeous george used uh pomp and circumstance okay i thought he might have to come out to the arenas because you know right of course you know everybody knows it better as you know randy savage using it but uh gorgeous george did use that when he would come out to in the arenas back in you know back in the 60s right and that the man i mean he really was I mean, yeah it was perfect yeah hey, man he was such an innovator yeah, and a lot of the young fans now have no idea who we're talking about. What I always say is, go look him up. Yeah, and he doesn't get he doesn't get enough credit for the innovations that he did. Like, you know, even like even the rise of wrestling on television, he was partially responsible for. And it's like, you know, he doesn't get that. You know, none of these companies give him the recognition that you know of what a lot of their wrestlers have piggybacked off of for you know decades right and it wasn't even just wrestlers who picked up on uh, picked him up as an influence because think about it muhammad ali yes he said yeah. gorgeous george he wanted to be like a boxing version of gorgeous george yeah. and i think he did pretty well for himself oh, <laughs> but some of the ones that i remember first with the interest music um i you know what? I think the first one I remember coming to the ring with the song was Boogie Woogie Man, my favorite at the time, Jimmy Valiant. He came mm -hmm. in with Boy from New York City. Yeah, yeah. And, he and sure did. Yep. And you'd hear that, -doo 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 -doo, you know, and talk oh. about the boy from New York City. And then I found out later on he's actually from Virginia, but. <laughs> 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 um, but it was just part of his persona. And he, and, so I all I will always associate that song with him, and that Probably. was yeah yeah you know, that that was that became part of his character, and this was before the days now where everybody has an entrance song. Yeah, and I still don't know what to feel about that, you know. But then again, it's it's a different product now than what it was. The thing, the thing is, it's like if the entrance theme is done right, and that's a lot of the problem especially in WWE, because they try to, you know, they work so hard to keep everything in that bubble and keep everything in-house that 
you don't get those, you know, you don't get those crossover songs like AEW. AEW has been fantastic about their, they have their in-house people come up with themes for people, but then they also go outside of that and either license music or they get other artists like Daniel Bryan's current theme. Um, he's friends with the, uh, with the artist that sings during his song. Okay. Because AEW, Tony Khan tried to get uh, Final Countdown by Europe because that's what, mm. that's what Brian Danielson came out to um, on the Independence, Ring of Honor, everywhere else he's worked, except, you know, besides with the exception of WWE, he's used the Final Countdown. Europe wanted too much for the rights to the song. So they came up with something else. In my opinion, Europe should have just, you know, sold the rights to the song, you know, because that would keep them out there. Because it's not, I'm sorry, but Europe was never one of those. They weren't a bad band, but that's their song. That's their one song that they will always be remembered for. Why would you not want that out there for a whole new generation of fans to listen to? Besides having it on a Geico commercial. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they had it on yeah. the, the one Geico commercial because I remember the one with the coffee going. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but like Tony Khan paid, you know, that he paid the licensing fee for Cult of Personality for CM Punk because mm-hmm. everybody associate. I mean, that song has gotten, that song was huge anyway when it first came out, when Living Color first put it out. Yeah, but when CM Punk started using that in 2011 as his theme song, it is forever linked with CM Punk. Yep, and they actually came out and played it for him. I don't remember which event, but it, this is when he was still with WWE. It, it was at a, it was at WrestleMania. I think it was the I think it was um, I'm trying to think. I think it was the year he wrestled Chris Jericho. Was that 29? 20, uh, 28. 28, okay. 29, he wrestled The Undertaker. Okay, so 28, that would have been that yeah. in Miami. Yeah, okay. 20, yeah, and they played him to the ring. And um, well, because Vernon Reed on guitar. Woo. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's one of yeah. those, I, I could listen to him play all day. I really could. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that song actually, uh, if people would really look at the lyrics of that song, I think it fits CM Punk personally anyway. Yes, yeah. Oh, because it, if, plus if you want to learn about history, listen to that song. I mean, really listen to that song. And th- that song was really- I mean, you get a, yeah, you, know, you get a three and a half minute history lesson yeah. in that song. <laughs> and, that, and that song is like 32 years old now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah remember that? Yeah, going home and watching it on like, you know, dial MTV <laughs> back in <Yep>. the day. <laughs> but, um, but for CM Punk to kind of have that song really associated with him now, like you said, forevermore, you know, when we hear that song, yep. we think, oh, CM Punk must be in the room. And yeah, CM Punk's yeah he, he's right here somewhere. And, and, I, and I think that's a, a case of, yeah, they, WWE made the right move by paying for the license. And uh, I'm going to guess Living Color probably didn't charge an exorbitant price. Either that or CM Punk said, look, I'll help pay for it. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't because I've, I've, I feel like they're smart businessmen and they're, they're going to know if we, if we let this, you know, this global wrestling company use our song, then that's just going to get our name back out there to mm-hmm. fans who aren't familiar with our music and they i know when they first when he first started using that song they said itunes sales um, of that song went through the roof mm. so now they're going cha-ching yeah, exactly <laughs> and uh, that song has staying power anyway because you could yeah. start substituting yeah. a lot of the lyrics you really could yep yep um, but another one of the other first ones I remember having entrance music was the Freebirds. Yes. And although they took their name from the song Freebird by Leonard mm-hmm. Skinner, and they said they actually used to 
have that as their entrance music. And I'm thinking Freebird, really? The the yeah. slow part, maybe the the ending part, you know, where it's sped up. But I'm thinking, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I could, you know, but it worked when for them. Was, uh, when it was Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin, like you know, early '90s in WCW. Yeah, they came out to, they came yeah. out to Skinner, Skinner's Freebird. Yeah, it would start in slow, and then they kind of, they kind of edited it where it would that slow beginning, and then it would like kick in to the uh, toward the end part, like when okay. they were kind of jogging down the ramp. But yeah, right. what was that because I remember early '90s WCW had a lot of good music that people were using like the Steiners were using welcome to the jungle by guns and roses. Okay. Uh, and uh, let me think, um, who was it? I just thought of it. Uh, Barry Wyndham even used, uh, trying to think which song that he, used. he used his easy top song. And I'm trying to think, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Uh, well, I was thinking Sharp Dressed Man, but actually Jimmy Garvin used to come into the ring with Sharp Dressed Man um, yeah. at one point. Um, right. It'll come to me in a minute, but I can't think of the name of it right now. But Barry Wyndham came out to ZZ Top. Um, of course, the one that the really, if I, the one that I really remember hearing first was Iron Man by Black Sabbath with the Road yes. Warriors. <laughs> and if there was ever a more fitting song for a professional mm -hmm. wrestler, it, that is the that was the perfect song for them. Oh, 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 absolutely, I agree. And you know, just hearing the I didn't realize there's like two other sections to that song later on. Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, they never got to that because by the time they were, by the time you, the first section was finished. They'd already beaten the guys, and they were already headed back to the locker room. <laughs> nah, that's true. And they're like, I didn't hear them sing yet. Oh, oh well. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't get paid by the hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's true, because if they got paid by the hour, yeah, they'd be broke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, but one of the best entrance songs I could think of, and this is also, for me, the first case of someone actually writing their own song that they came to ring with was Michael Hayes in Bad Street, USA. Yeah, I want to hear somebody cover that song even today. You know, and actually, you know what? I think the perfect band to do it would be Seven Dust. Yeah, true. Seven Dust, they're from Atlanta. Yeah. Either them or Outcast. So I can't think of a lot of Atlanta band. Well, Collective Soul, but Collective, I don't think Collective Soul would, would really. No, I think they're, they're, they're too melodic for that. Yeah, uh, I could see Outcast doing it though. Yeah, because yeah. dude is very, very talented, and he could put his own spin on it and make it an Outcast song, but still keeping true to yeah. the actual original. Yeah. Song. So, um, but Seven Dust, I think, would be it. I can, you know, I could see Lejean Witherspoon, um, you know, singing Bad Street, and like, you know, yeah. oh, he yeah. he could throw down with it, but. Michael Hayes also, you know, you're talking about when him and Jimmy Jam, when they were coming to the ring with the original Freebird, but then he wrote another song because I'm a Freebird. What's your excuse? Yeah. 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 yeah they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that was not, that was not a good look, but uh, they, uh, but the, them coming out the Freebird, I think me being, and I know you are too. We're such huge music fans and we, you know, songs mean a lot to us. Mm -hmm. And they, like, songs remind you of time periods, remind you of people. A good wrestling theme is going to pull you into that wrestler quicker than any promo that they can do or quicker than a lot of times anything they could initially do in the ring. If they have a quality theme song that just draws you in and makes you sit up and take notice so to speak that's a huge part of wrestler's gimmick yep and you know if you hear glass breaking 
right now? Who do you think of? Yeah. It's Austin. Yeah. It's, it's Stone Cold. Yeah. And if you hear a, like a car crashing, which is kind of odd, yeah. but it's Mick Foley. It's Mick Foley. Yeah. If you, if you hear that, you know, if you hear bells tolling, Dong. yeah, you hear that you hear the beginning of the death march and it's, it's the undertaker. Yeah. I mean, right. And it's, and it's, it's those instant like things. Like we were just talking about the road warriors. As soon as you heard the opening strains of iron man, you knew who was coming. And by the time Ozzy got said, I am Iron Man. That place was erupting because the Road Warriors had hit the ring and they were mm -hmm. mauling whoever was in the ring waiting on them. And it's just, it's that kind of, you know, recognition that a lot of these wrestlers to this day still have. And I, I hate it for the current crop of people in WWE because the theme songs just aren't nearly as good. I mean, Bobby Lashley's is really good. I do enjoy that one. Roman Reigns is perfect for his character. It's like now, now it is, but now that he's switched yeah. from just using the Shields music, you know, over and over. Exactly. And I love the Shield thing, and it worked with the Shield. But right. I think once he went solo, they they should have let him have something else, because Seth got different music, Dean got different music, and it seemed like Roman was just stuck. Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm not with the shield anymore, but I'm gonna keep using their music and do the same stuff. But now this music that he has now is like sounds like something out of Final Fantasy, a Final Fantasy game. Like, you know, it sounds like final boss music. It's like yeah. you've done work <laughs> in the game. And it's like, oh, okay, I, I beat the game, and then that music hits, and it's like, no, no, final boss time. <laughs> and you're like, Oh crap! Hold on. Put the pause it. Put the controller down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's perfect. But then Randy Orton's is perfect for his character voices. But a lot of these themes are not. They don't grab you. Like, you know, we've talked a lot about how we don't feel there's a lot of stuff from the Attitude Era that doesn't hold up, but that music does. Yes. Attitude Era theme music, instantly you knew who was coming out. Whether it was whether it was Motorhead playing Triple H to the ring, or the glass breaking with Steve Austin, or you hear, "Do you smell what the Rock is cooking?" Yeah, the bass yeah. kicks in, you instantly know. And it's like, where are those type of connect? Because that's that's how you connect with your fans before that wrestler even comes to the curtain, and. I feel like WWE's kind of lost touch with that. I feel like other companies do a really good job of that. But I feel like WWE is so worried about the micromanagement part of we we have to own everything in our bubble that they're forgetting that that integral part of it for the fans is hearing that music begin. A lot of fans, you know, they're on their feet as soon as the music hits before they ever see the wrestler come out. If you, whenever you hear Flight of the Valkyries, that's another one. Yes. 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 Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. Daniel Bryan Danielson. It, it's yeah. him. Yep. And the, I mean, you should, seen, you should have saw those people on Dynamite last night. And see, I mean, and I, apparently I also missed another just great show because I didn't get home and, until and Kenny Omega started the, started the show. That was the, that was the, the, the opening match was Omega and Brian because the women, uh, because Ruby Soho and Britt Baker made a event. And uh, which I, I, perf I agree with that. Women deserve the main event shows just as well as the, the men do. They work just as hard, a lot of times harder than the men do. And I love the fact that the AEW lets their women main event, their weekly shows and their pay-per-views. But when, when Daniel Bryan, when Brian Danielson's music first hit, and you heard that beginning of Flight of the Valkyries, that crowd lost their mind. And that's that's the thing, that's the thing with music. And it's like, if anybody needs an example of how music will connect a wrestler to an audience, go back and watch any AEW show that Chris Jericho is on and wait for his wait for Judas to hit. Yes. As soon as it starts, 
every fan in that arena is singing every word of that song. They are serenading Chris Jericho to the ring. With his song. His song. He wrote, he's singing. I'm telling you, it, and, you do not get any cooler than that. And even after the music cuts, there, there was, here's a, the, a perfect example, was when he had his match with MJF, he was doing the labors of Jericho. Right. MJF's uh, stipulation was that he could not use the Judas Effect finisher and he could not come out. He could not have his music play when he came out to the ring. He didn't need to. When Chris Jer- when they announced Chris Jericho, the fans sang his song and serenaded <laughs> him to the ring without a bit of music playing. They knew every word, they knew every pitch, and they sang him to the ring. That's the connection that, that Chris Jericho's music that theme song has with the fans. And if this is about how popular the song got and made him even more popular, he started as a heel in AEW. Yeah. And yeah, he, the, was, he was probably the <laughs> most hated man in AEW when he started. Except for the theme song. And that and the theme song, he even said, you know, you shouldn't be singing along to it, but and yeah. They, they eventually like, you know what? Just turn and face. Yeah. <laughs> you know? they, I mean, they had to because the fans were going to, the fans still love Chris Jericho. It doesn't matter heel or face because he's earned that respect from the fans. Mm-hmm. And this song will be his cult of personality. Yeah. 20 years from now, somebody hears Judas by Fozzie, they're automatically, uh, uh, where's Chris Jericho? You know, I'm, I'm, I'll be driving down, you know, driving to work, you know, and I've heard that. I bet you heard the song come on uh, Sirius XM. Oh, excuse me. Wow. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that, but, uh, but I'll hear the song come on and I'll be dri- driving going. All right. Yeah. Where's Jericho. And it, it just amazes me how popular that song got how, and because it pushed him and he pushed the song because he was already popular, but then the song pushed him right back. And it's just, yeah risen yeah and we have we have the song in our van and my my whole family will even abby will uh we'll all just be belting out judas while we're going somewhere and it comes on oh yeah i i mean at and with the wwe their music now granted they had jim johnson that johnson or john yeah he was johnson yeah johnson yeah. i mean great musician you know and he may knows that right yeah um, I mean, stuff that we grew up on, he, uh, you know, wrestlers, wrestlers that we grew up on, he was responsible for the themes to those wrestlers. Yeah. And I'm not going to say I liked all of them. Some of them I thought were kind of corny, but he was writing them for that character. Right. You know, um, if you've watched Beyond the Mat, you've seen where he's actually showing how, how he wrote Vader's theme song. Mm-hmm. He said Vader's his big, strong, hulking man. So he was you know, going back and forth. And he, of course, they're showing him playing the guitar. Then he's playing the keyboard. He's playing, you know, showing him playing all these different instruments because that's what his job was with the WWE. Yeah. And then later on, when they started going towards more commercial sounding music, he was still helping write it. And yeah. then they got this CFO dollar sign. See, uh, yeah. That, and the, actually, they had some really good themes. Oh, they did. Uh, Alistair Black's The Root of All Evil. That's the one that all automatically yes. comes to mind. Yes. I'm like, who that I say, okay, that one's good. I mean, and yeah, those are songs you could hear on the radio. I, you couldn't hear Vader's theme on the radio. Right. You know, uh, you wouldn't hear Bret Hart's, you wouldn't hear it on the radio. Uh yeah. Shawn Michaels, that one you might, you know, um, just a sexy boy, sexy boy. Um, yeah. that one could be a pop song, but you weren't gonna hear Stone Cold's on the radio. No. You know, um but I have heard I have heard the game. I have heard Motorhead. Oh, yeah. Now, that's because Triple H, uh, he ended up having a pretty good relationship with Motorhead, especially Lemmy Kilmister. And they played at two or three WrestleManias. Uh, WrestleMania 17, when Triple H wrestled The Undertaker, they played into the ring. And then, let me think, WrestleMania 21, when Triple H uh, defended against Batista, they played him to the ring. In two different uh, songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, they played the game at 17, 
and then no, it was actually both the game. Oh, really? Okay. Seventeen and the game at twenty-one, but then Motorhead also did his King of Kings theme, and he also did the Wine in the Sand for Evolution. Yeah, because which yeah. all three of those are great songs. And Motorhead just they have that connection. I mean, of course, Motorhead are no longer around because Lemmy uh, died a few years ago. Right. Um, even though everybody thought he was invincible, <laughs> you know, he did everything unhealthy, and yeah. seemed to get along fine. Then all of a sudden, he just one day just died of cancer. Just all of a sudden, it was yeah. really strange. Yeah. But it was. It was kind of. It was really out of the blue. Yeah. And but Motorhead, they had the connection because they did his song and um and actually seven dust they did jericho's song yes yes they did yeah yep. um yeah so uh seven dust i think they're a very just an underrated band i think more people need yeah. to learn about them <laughs> so yeah um because i heard one of their songs the other day when when they were between uh sets and I'm not gonna say what song it was because you know family friendly uh but right but it was a song, you know, and I was like, and I'm sitting there going and singing along to it. And, and my son's looking at me like, you know, the song I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so, Just like, yeah uh, I know yeah. this, <laughs> uh, but even if we want to go back in what really helped establish wrestling in the mainstream and where it's kind of stayed ever since you remember the rock and wrestling connection. Yes. Back, you yeah. know, Cindy Lauper, they had, yeah. they had matches on MTV and then that's what yeah. helped set up the first wrestlemania and uh wendy richter was coming to the ring with girls just want to have fun and cindy lauper yep. was a company and uh that helped establish it and i don't know if you can hear her. my dog is acting just all kinds of weird no, laying on her, oh she is laying on her back and <laughs> sorry don't, don't mean for it to be a distraction but She's over there. So I think she's like itching her back on the floor. But anyway, sorry. Had to stop and laugh at it for a second. Um, but yeah, yeah, back to Cindy Lauper, because they even had an award show where I think she was being awarded a gold gold record. Yeah. And that's when Roddy Piper came in and smashed the gold record over over Captain Lou's head and over her yeah. and smashed up over her head. And yeah. And and next thing you know, there we go. And and she she does not get enough recognition because without her, there would would have would not have been that rock and wrestling connection because she was that bridge mm -hmm. to the music world for WWF at the time. And I mean, all these celebrities that they have in their celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame, and Cindy Lauper is still not in. I thought she was. Oh, that no. is a crime. All right, that's no, it. I, I'm, I'm writing Vince. Yeah, she's not in. Drew Carey's in their Hall of Fame. For his one goofy appearance at the Royal Rumble in 2001. Yep, but Cindy Lauper's not in. Oh, mm, that's it. You know, we need to write a letter. <laughs> we need to get her in. Yeah, yep. Oh. Yep. Everybody involved in the rock and wrestling uh, thing is in, except for Cindy Lauper. Piper's in. Hogan's in. Lou Albano's in. Wendy Richter's in. And that's a, that's actually one I didn't think would ever. But Cindy Lauper's not in. But Cindy Lauper's not, and she should be because we should go by their contribution to wrestling and really the WWF E. Wendy Richter. Now say it again. Yeah, you actually froze up for a second. Kind of froze. Yeah, I about to say yeah. We both kind of froze there for a second. Okay. Um, um, but you were saying about Wendy because I heard Wendy Richter and then silence. So yeah, yeah. Say, um, uh, yeah. Everybody that was involved in the rock and wrestling connection is in the Hall of Fame, except Cindy Lauper. And they wouldn't have had that without her. And yeah, Wendy Richter is, I'm, I'm really surprised that she's in the Hall of Fame. I didn't think they would ever repair that bridge, that, that Vince was the one who burnt that bridge. Oh, yeah. It wasn't 
you know, he's he the that there's your original screw job. Mm-hmm. You know, Montreal wasn't the first, mm-hmm. but that show that shows the that shows the maturity and the respect for the business that Wendy Richter has that she's willing to ignore that and take her place in the hall of fame where she should have been in the first her, her rightful place in the hall exactly. of fame. but we're actually missing a name here and he didn't write well he may have helped write some of the wwf's music but he definitely helped write some of wcw's music and that was jimmy hart yeah yeah mountain yep. south uh because how many how many people involved in wrestling also have a legitimate gold record to their name? Exactly. Yep. And, you know, for not, for, uh, they're kind of a one hit wonder, but they had a song, I keep on dancing, shake it, shake it, babe. You know, he helped write that. And he, yeah. you know, he, they, it was a, like I said, one hit wonder, the Gentries. Yeah. And yeah, I think you know, so. Yeah. But when you hear that song, you're like, okay, yeah, I kind of know this song. Yeah, it's a happy kind of song, like from the 60s. And okay, then all of a sudden later on, you're like booing the guy who wrote it because he was hitting people upside the head with a megaphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, even, as, even as annoying as the Honky Tonk Man's theme is, Jimmy Hart wrote that. Yeah. And it was like, that is, it's, it's another one of those, though. It's, it's instant recognition. It's like, as soon as you hear it start, you know that's the honky tonk man. Every fan in any arena that he ever wrestled in, when he was that character, you knew that's what it was. And the the, the theme doesn't have to be one of your one of your favorites to be memorable. Like Dusty Rhodes theme, you start hearing that cowbell, and you know Dusty's coming. Dick, dick, dick. Exactly. <laughs> the song. I'm not a fan of the song itself. But it's extremely recognizable, and every fan knows it. You play it today. Dusty's been, God rest his soul, he's been gone for years. But if you you start hitting cowbells, mm-hmm. everybody's going to be like, "Where's Dusty?" Yeah, yeah, you know, either that or they're thinking, "Don't fear the reaper," you know, because we all need some more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you which is an amazing song. It is. It really is. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if, if I say the name Rick Derringer to you, what song do you think of? And it, Real American. Yeah. But, of course, a lot of people say Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo, but a lot of people, they don't realize, yeah, he did Real American. Yeah. Which now we associate with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean, you hear that, because that was another one. People just used to pop. Yeah. And... Yeah, so we, now we associate that with him. And before that, before they got sued or threatened to be sued, he was coming to the ring with Eye of the Tiger because of the association with Rocky Three. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. And that was also right about the time that a lot of the record companies, they did start <laughs> suing the wrestling companies for using their music without actually uh, getting the rights to it. Yeah. The only company that was able to, because... ECW was amazing. Paul Heyman was amazing at picking music or letting wrestlers pick music that worked well with their character. And ECW used like all kinds of mainstream music. Rob Van Dam came out to Walk by Pantera. Hmm. Um, uh, New Jack came out to Natural Born Killers by Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. Uh, I was trying to think. Raven came out to uh, come out and play by Offspring. Tommy Dreamer used Man oh. in the Box. Wow. Um, wow. I think, but the the absolute um, Taz used uh, War Machine by Kiss. Oh, <laughs> that was uh, awesome. But the absolute best thing, a song that worked perfect for a wrestler and even masked all his in-ring deficiencies was Sandman. When he came out to Sandman, (laughs) he had everybody in the palm of his hand because the entrance was what people paid with the Sandman. People didn't pay to see him wrestle because you knew you weren't going to, you were just going to get a wild brawl. You weren't going to get a wrestling match with the Sandman. People paid to see that entrance. People paid 
to hear the beginning of Inner Sandman, him make his way through the crowd. And that was the interaction, the music, him coming through the crowd and him interacting with the fans. It's like that made his whole presentation. And that's what that's how music should be in wrestling. It should it should get you excited. It should help you connect with that wrestler. Yes. And another podcast, which I've mentioned before, and they've actually mentioned us as well. Uh, so we have kind of, I guess, a loose association, but the slop drop uh, podcast. Right. right. They did their show a few weeks ago. And, this, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this was also something that kind of delayed me and Dwayne doing this because we were about to do it. And then they did their show on theme songs. And so I didn't want to uh, make it appear like we were just right riding their coattails. I was like, yeah, let's hold on for a second, you know, um, because they didn't know we were about to do this. So, right. Um, no. Yeah. So, but they were talking about um, their top. Oh, it was like 20 or 25 theme songs. But but one of the things they do, which I think is really cool, and they actually have enough of, a, of people that do, they have a good following on Twitter, and they have a lot of people interact with them, me included. And they'll actually say, hey, what is your favorite theme song? What's your favorite manager? What's your favorite what? And so, I mean, there was uh, some that I actually threw in there, and they, um, in fact, I want to say they actually, they did give Armchair Booking a shout out. They say, you know, because we were one of the ones that, actually contributed and I, and I actually said never going to stop for edge before he started using metalingus right and and not that metalingus is not a good song because i mean now you hear that song and you do you associate it with yes, edge absolutely um, but i do the same thing with never going to stop by rob zombie because he had that song for a year and it was when the license ran out yeah um, you know, that's when he switched, but that song was so associated with him. You can actually find where he was a guest vocalist on that song for Rob Zombie concert, where they just happened to be crossing paths somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, I want to say it was somewhere like Mexico city, you know, they just happened to, you know, one tour mm -hmm. met the other. Yeah. And, you know, so but I will always, now that's two songs I'll associate with the same person, but just like Triple H, I'll always associate uh, Bad Under the King, King of Kings, uh, The Game. Yeah. Yep. And I'll, as soon as I hear those, of course, I've never heard those on the radio necessarily. But um, if, when I think Motorhead, really, when I think Motorhead, I, I will always associate them with Triple H. When I hear Black Sabbath, I'll always associate Iron Man with the Road Warriors. Yep. And mm -hmm. when I hear Fozzie, I'll always associate that with, well, Chris Jericho, because, you know, he's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but even if we really go back, if you were to hear the Russian national anthem, do you think of anybody? Ivan. Um, uh, Nikolai. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Nikolai, Nikolai used yeah. to sing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I hear that now and I'm like, huh. And then the yeah. then you find out he wasn't even Russian; he was Croatian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, because just to hear that when I hear when I you watch the Olympics, of course they always play whatever country has a yeah. gold medal. They always play their their national anthem. I hear I'm like, oh, it's Nikolai. Okay, you know. Um. But I think some of the WWE, and this is where some of their music. <laughs> wasn't necessarily a good thing or sometimes they were just reaching if you were to watch the 94 royal rumble when the wrestlers came to the ring they actually didn't come to the ring with music they would you know do the countdown boom and they'd come in you know they just run in walk in or in bret hart's case turned out when he limped in because that's when yeah. Hart kicked his leg in his leg and you know the, yeah. Um, yeah and <laughs> 95 rolls around at least i believe it was 95 all of a sudden they're coming in the ring with music all of them and some of them really didn't that was the year they had some weird entrance like dick murdoch was one of them yeah i, um, I never understood why dick murdoch was um doug gilbert yeah and um was that the year carlos cologne he was one of them because yes. Everyone soon referred to him as a youngster, even though he was like 42. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was like, dude, he's got 
adult kids, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> um, but one of the ones who came in, and I'll have to go back and look at the name of the wrestler, but he was a Japanese wrestler. And when he came in, the music that they had going, even now I go, mm, did y'all really have to do that? It's like, and it's done to like a beat. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. I'm about to go look it up now. Real Rumble, but. That was so tacky. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, or kind of like Barry Horowitz. When he came in, they were playing Hava, Navila, Hava. That was his thing. It's like, it's like stop. Yeah. yeah and now he might he might have actually requested that one because that was actually part of him. Um, he really wanted you know uh, he was very proud of his Jewish heritage. He even had the Star David on his trunks, and you know so he might have had that suggestion, but. Either way, but if he didn't, you know, it, it does kind of make you just kind of smack your head and go, really, why? Why did y'all do that? <laughs> oh, and all right, I'm looking up the 95 Rumble. And if, if it wasn't 95, it was 96, because those were both two goofy Rumbles with all the people. You know, maybe it was 96, because I'm looking at the names. It had to be ninety six. Okay, let me let me pull that one up. Yeah, because um, if, if I remember right, yeah, Mill Masteris was in that because he eliminated himself because he didn't want anybody eliminating. No job, no job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's heard the legend of no job, and he would he wouldn't he would be eliminated, yeah. but he wasn't going to do the job. No. Nope. Uh, and you know, Mick Foley actually talked about that. Oh, all right. Where is it? Where is it? And uh, I hit the wrong. Okay, I was sitting there going, why don't I see it? Never mind. I was looking at WrestleMania, um, WrestleMania 11. So that was my bad. So, all right. Going through the names, going through the names. Takio Amori, that'd have to be him, because I don't... Yeah. Um, now, actually, another wrestler, Hakushi, I liked him. But anyway, back, uh, back, back to the music. Oh, now, since we're on the topic of, like, theme music, oh, and we're, you know, we're talking about Kiss, War Machine, Kiss also played on Nitro. Yep, because they did the... Um... The Kiss Demon. Yep. And then um, that episode was like one of the lowest rated Nitro, <laughs> lowest rated Nitros ever. So then Kiss pulled out of the deal, but the guy that played the Demon was already contracted mm -hmm. with WCW. So they had to go forward, at least with part of the gimmick. They just couldn't have mm -hmm. the Kiss backing now because Kiss pulled out. Dale Torberg, was that his name? That's not familiar? Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, yeah, Dale Torberg. And yeah. I, I remember watching, because I want to say they played God of Thunder. Was that it? I think. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know, classic Kiss song. Uh, not my favorite necessarily, but it's not a bad song. It's my it's my favorite Kiss song. Is it's it? God of, God of um, Thunder is my favorite. I got a bit War Machine though. That one, that's War that's Machine. A, see War Machine is up there in my like top five kit, favorite Kiss songs. War Machine yeah. is great. That was a perfect song for Taz. Oh yeah, uh, the song that they had him coming in into the WWE ring with though that one I thought was pretty good too. And yeah, that was really good. Um. Somebody just tagged us in a Facebook post. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Hope. <laughs> um, but if you had to list some of your favorite 
theme songs of all time. We'll just say, just give me five. Okay. Um, of course, Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Um, uh, Motorhead's The Game. Uh, trying to think. Because there's so many, there's so many good ones. Um, um, I do love the Shields theme. I always thought, ever since they started using that, I do like, I do really like the Shields theme. Probably uh, Judas by Fozzie. Um, trying to think what else. There's, I know there's another one. It's, it's hard to pick just five. It, it is. It really is. Good ones. Um, probably Jake the Snake Roberts theme. Okay. That was a perfect that was a perfect fit for him. Um, let's see mine. Uh Jericho, I mean, and part of it, if you ask me this a month from now, it probably changed, and I'm pretty sure it's the same way. It's just yeah, mine too. Oh yeah, yeah, because that that's just how we are. Uh but yeah, Judas would probably be my favorite right now. Um Bad Street. Um break the walls down and that's two from two for Chris Jericho. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. um, the game, I, I mean, there's something about motorhead. I mean, you just can't, yeah. you know, motorhead are just a very raw, aggressive group. So it, it's yeah. perfect for wrestling. Uh, and never going to stop. Okay. You know, the, the year that edge, you know, had that as a song. Yeah. Yeah, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one song that's my favorite right now, it'd probably be Judas. Yeah, oh man, that song's so awesome. But wow, yeah. So, um, and it just says something that even now, and, and I don't know if this says how much into wrestling that we are, you know, or at least me. But I'm pretty sure it's the same way because I've you know we've known each other 30 years so i know this part is probably true when you hear a song on the radio do you think that'd be a great entrance theme for somebody yes yes <laughs> absolutely and it doesn't and i've i've heard country songs that i thought would make good a good entrance theme i've heard hip-hop songs i've heard rock songs i've heard pop songs it's just there's there's something about you know certain songs that's like that would be absolutely perfect for somebody to come out to that would fans would instantly grab a hold of that yeah and so i don't think and gl gladly so i don't think the connection with music and wrestling will ever go away because i think it's one of the things there you would notice if it was gone absolutely you know, if, that makes, yeah. if that makes any sense it's yeah because as much as like Music is as important to wrestling as the fans are, because mm -hmm. we definitely noticed how that affected the product when during the pandemic, when the fans were not there in the arenas. Music would be the same way. If people came out, went back to not to coming out with no entrance theme. It's just it wouldn't it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't feel right. You wouldn't have that connection, that excitement, or any of that. The only person that I've heard in this era that has come out with no wrestling theme and it worked was when Tommaso Ciampa was playing, it was heel and he was feuding with Johnny Gargano. He just turned on Johnny Gargano and he walked out with no entrance theme and got booed, which was what he was going for because he was the right. heel. Didn't need an entrance theme at the time. He just walked out the arena went black. He walked out of the spotlight and the fans went nuts booing him. But that's an exception. Most of the time you need that music to get that kind of reaction from the fans. Yes. And even when Dolph Ziggler was doing that weird thing a few years ago where it's like you hear the like the music start, then kind of a record scratch. Yeah. And then he was just walking out. Yeah. Um, and then he did it for a little bit and then he started he would walk out silent and then play the music again. i i didn't i yeah. never understood what they were doing with that character i, I didn't either it, and you know what i forgot a theme i'm gonna have to change my time i'm gonna have to put move another one in there um 
Bray Wyatt's theme song. I can't yeah. think of the actual name of it, but um, trying to think. It's not catching flies. It's no, because Bray Wyatt heard Bray Wyatt heard that song, and then took it to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon did get the, uh, you know, he did pay the royalties Living for fear. that. That's it. Yeah. Living fear. Yep. Yep. And. Yeah, because I remember him telling that story on Austin's podcast about he was listening to just trying to find a song, and it was like yeah. one of the last ones, and he's like, okay, yeah. this is different, but I think it would fit the character. And one of the things I thought um, was not really strange. It was kind of cool, but a little different at the same time was WrestleMania 30. Yeah, WWE had bought the rights to the song, but then they still brought the band who did yeah. the song. And it, yeah. it was just, um, oh, who is the band who actually sings that? Um, what is their name? Because they're not real known. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, see. Where is it? Where is it? Mark Crozier? Yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark Crozier. Yeah. And then, then when he became the fiend, they did a uh, code orange did a variation of that song. And do you remember me texting you about code orange? I mean, this is yeah. years back. And I said, dude, you yeah. got to check out this band because they just yeah. did. Oh man, they they actually did Alistair Black's song, like yeah, because they played um, bleeding in the blur, you know, their own song. And then they did his song when he came out, and I was yeah. just like oh my god i don't know who any of these people are because that's the first time i'd seen alistair black i was like but i like it yeah. <laughs> you know i like the band I like him and 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 i think it was it was an nxt event um yeah it was a takeover was it in pittsburgh yeah. because uh, i think so because that's where code orange are from is pittsburgh they say now code orange now they're always going to have a, a connection with wrestling i think that's pretty cool yeah. because i think they're a very very talented man but well but on that note uh, i think we've had a pretty good discussion about music because we've been wanting yeah. to do this for a while and if ladies and gentlemen if i sound like i'm rambling that's because i've worked 26 hours in the past two days <laughs> very little sleep and and i have to go back in early tomorrow morning as well but i like my job so that's a good thing like i said i have a yeah. good boss uh, um, i can't be one of these people who go on social media and whine about their job all the time because first of all that's tacky and not smart you know yeah yeah you know so but second minute i actually do like my job and i actually do like my boss and i like my co-workers you know so and that always makes it better when you like your job and you like the people you work with yep um and i especially like some of the co-workers who actually listen to our podcast so i actually want to give all them a shout out because they've actually been coming up and actually giving me personal feedback Awesome. Say, hey, I, yeah, they're like, hey, I like that show. And oh, hey, you know, and some of them actually got them into um, back into wrestling is what they were told, telling me because they, yeah, they listened to it at first had kind of a curiosity. And then now they're starting to look up some of the things we're talking about. So that is always a good thing. And yeah. I want to say, everybody, we really appreciate every single one of you. And because we couldn't do this, you know, we probably, probably wouldn't have a reason necessarily to do it without right. any of you listening. Right. So thank you so much. Thank you very much, guys. I mean, we really appreciate it. Now, I do have a feeling, even though we didn't do a preview of the upcoming pay-per-view that's happening uh, this this coming Sunday, because, well, we tried to do it before, but then the go-home SmackDown came on and we had to change all our predictions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can't exactly do the previews because of that, but we might possibly do a review. Yeah on monday yeah um as long as nothing extreme happens in in wrestling although dark side of the ring i believe is going to be playing here in about 15 minutes <laughs> so what's what's uh what's the topic? Uh, the topic of the dark side of the ring today is dark side of the ring uh let's see we're in wow we're in season three uh the oh this okay the double life of chris canyon 
Ah, okay. 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 I can't see. Well, and I, I mean, I really like Chris Canyon too. I mean, that was, uh, he was another one who left us too soon. Absolutely. Man, he was, man, he was good. Um, Chris Canyon or Mortis, either one, you take your pick. Yeah. I mean, he was yep. so talented. Um, but yeah, so that's what, yeah, I can't see that being too controversial though. So, yeah, uh, but I'm definitely going to watch it. So, but all right, my friend, until then, we were talking to everybody later. And yeah, give us a shout out. Let us know how we're doing. Go to, especially go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review, give us a review and or five star rating, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Email us, armchair booking at a podcast at gmail.com. And we will see all of you. God bless. All right. God bless, man.